Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. God made me punch in accurate numbers. My castle won't crumble. What I tackle will fumble. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Big says, sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening the cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked I make all my moves on the board, I invented my steps uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler, I feel like Mansa Musa Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda Triangle, look at it from my angle I'm a king, the closest thing to being one king. of God's angels yeah. I'm a king Heavy is the head that wears the crown I put in extra work that just can't be found I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king, I'm a king. Look me in my yeah. eyes cause I'm a king. king Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast I am your host Jay Smith the King And man I am back in the valley and I am back Heading into week two of the NFL season My boys, my Buffalo Bills are coming off a disappointing loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers but that's all right. It's just week one. It's just week one. Why are we tripping? Why are everybody tripping? Don't trip on Josh. Don't trip on my boys. Matter of fact, speaking of my boys, can I can I take a minute real quick and just show some love for my dog, Tremaine Edmonds? Y'all knew this was coming. You know, y'all already knew this was coming. First of all, the defense is back. And not only is the defense back, but the defense is back and their leader as their middle linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds, is going to make a lot of you eat your words. And that's a fact. Whether you want to admit it or not, it's a fact. And you can see it Sunday. You can see it Sunday. Yeah, we lost against Pittsburgh, but he made plays. He was out there fast. He was decisive. Y'all going to give my guy some respect. Secondly, Deion Dawkins will be fine. Did we not forget that, that Deion just had COVID? Did we not forget that he's recovering from COVID? He was basically out most of the preseason and they wanted to get him some reps in. So that third game of the season, that's why they I'm sure that's the only reason why they allowed Josh to play is because he had proper protection. Dion hasn't been in practice all summer, you know, like during that time he was in the hospital for a minute. It was bad. I don't know if everybody remembers that interview. It was bad. Relax on my guy, Dion. You already know that dude going to do what he do this year. We already know. Third, the Steelers have a phenomenal defense. It's a great defense. So with that being said, like we can't overreact to Josh's performance. Josh Allen absolutely, you know, he didn't look like what he looks like against the Dolphins. He didn't look like what he looked like last year against, uh, I don't know, we can, we can pick probably 12, excuse me, 12 teams from last season that he didn't, or that he played so much better than when he played yesterday. But if you, or Sunday, what was today? Today's Tuesday. So Sunday. We could probably pick 12 teams from last season where we won the game and Josh Allen looked completely better than he looked against the Steelers Sunday. 
However, when you look at the game against the Steelers last year, it looked pretty similar to me. The difference is last year, the Buffalo Bills got the special teams play that helped them win. This year it was Pittsburgh. And that momentum is a tough thing. I pound the table every week, if not every week, at least bi-weekly. I pound the table saying special teams are important. Special teams are a big deal. We got to do better with special teams. We got to make sure we're on it with special teams. Now, Isaiah McKenzie came out on the very first kickoff return and ran it back. Almost scored a touchdown. Very easily could have scored a touchdown if he followed his block a different way. That was awesome. You know, I'm very public and vocal about my love for Andre Roberts last year. I need to see some more. I, I, it was a great play. It was a great play. And he had a, he had a decent punt return as well. But I, I need to see this consistently is what I'm saying. So um, um, Isaiah's my guy. I, I love him. I'm not sold on, the, on the, the special teams aspect of the team. I'm not sold on it. He made a couple decisions where there was a couple times I thought he could have run it. There's a couple times that I thought, you know, he just didn't make the right decisions that I felt that Andre Roberts under normal circumstances just made a different. And I get it. I got to get rid of my love for Andre. I got to because he's not on the team anymore. But, dude, Andre Roberts is phenomenal. And, and the lack of respect and the lack of love that the fan base gives him, it still bothers me. It bothers me because the dude is amazing. And he, you know, he came to Buffalo and he transformed. He transformed a weakness and made it something that really we took advantage of as fans. So I'm hoping again, I say this all the time. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I hope I'm hoping that Isaiah proves me wrong here and we don't miss Andre Roberts at all. I just don't realistically see him that we won't miss him. I don't. Sorry, I don't see it. You know, my biggest concern after coming out of the game Sunday is still the running game. That's my biggest concern. I know people have issues with other things that they saw. People want to say Josh was inaccurate. People want to be mad at Brian Dayball. I am a little, I'm a little ticked off with Brian. I came front. I, I, I'm in my feelings when it comes to Brian because I feel like the play calling wasn't particularly his best game. I feel like a lot of times, um, you know, your reputation will sometimes make you do things that, you know, it's not even necessarily your character in the best interest. Because when you look at the team from last year, you look at the way the offense was. That's not the offense we saw on the field Sunday. But Brian got on his field. You know, he's, he's trying this little pitch joint, you know, like on fourth and one instead of just taking your six, five quarterback that weighs more than some of the defensive linemen that he was going to get through. Instead of taking him and just quarterback sneaking it, get the first down, keep it moving. You try some fanciness and, and tackle for loss. One play was a flea flicker. There was a couple plays that, you know, really it was, it was execution. Josh missed, uh, uh, that, that one hurt. Josh missed Emmanuel Sanders. I think it was like a 55 yard pass. That was like, it was just there. And for the record, people keep trying to tell me that Emmanuel Sanders does not have speed. He's not a burner. It looked like he had about six steps on dude on that throw and Josh just overthrew him still. So don't tell me this offense isn't going to be prolific. Don't tell me this offense isn't going to be amazing. It will be. It will be. But it is what it is. I'm not going to talk too much longer. I am excited tonight. 
we had a really, really good time. I, I really had a good time connecting with him. So I'm going to bring him in. We're going to have a real good time tonight. Everybody, please, please, please welcome my special guest because he's going he gonna to talk a little bit about my guy Tremaine, too, because that's where the questions is going to start. What up, big dog? I got my man Joe Kroom in the building. What's up, man? You looking at man? That, that intro was a little aggressive, man. I felt like I was unprepared. Oh, my bad. My bad. You, but I mean, you should have given me a little warm up, man. I would have I would have dressed up. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. You're you doing it. You're doing it, man. How you doing? Good, man. How are you, man? I'm good. I feel like, um, you know, this is going to be more fun because I got a chance to really kick it with you over the weekend. Uh, really just a couple times, not even just once. Like I got to see you uh, at the the Bills Mafia homecoming party. Then you you were there at the, the skating party as well. So we really got to spend some time together and kick it. So uh, before we get into all of the questions that I sent you prehand, you know, I sent you some yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yo, what happened Sunday, man? You were there, right? I was there. I was uh, there, but I want to see it from your perspective. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't like to speak bad about my guys. So I'll try to be as biased as I can. Um, <laughs> TJ Watt was worth every penny. That's, 100%. that's, that, that's one thing I could say. And... Um, Week one starts Sunday, so as far as I'm yeah, concerned, I mean, every week, you gotta, you, you know, it's one week at a time. So, you know, and to your point, I try my hardest not to, like, speak negatively about the guys on the yeah. team either. So I, I get that, and I respect that. Um, the, the thing is, honestly, watching the game, there's only a couple guys, if I'm going to say, oh, he didn't play well. There's only a couple guys that I feel like, personally, didn't play well for the entire game. Um, for the most part, I feel like, and again, I'm not even going to bash our coaches, I feel like when it comes to having a game plan and it comes to adjusting at halftime or even just during the game, it doesn't, you don't have to wait until the half to adjust. But when it comes to that, I think a lot of times, you know, we go overboard when it's like, Oh, the coach sucked. He had to bet. But this week, I'm not saying it was, I call Sean McDermott McDiddy. Um, So it's not McDiddy. I I don't think that it was Leslie. My, my, the little issue that I had this week was actually with Brian Dayball. And last season, a lot of us seemed to love him, bro. Like we, we, um, we basically put that dude into the Hall of Fame in Buffalo, and, he, and we still ain't won nothing. It was like, oh, this is the greatest. We were trying to sacrifice every head coach and opportunity he had. I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so with that being the case, um, this week it it I, it kind of seemed like he was just determined to go with what he's what he wanted to do. Um, do you? What do you? What was your take, or how do you look at the the game play, the game plan, how the team kind of got it together? And I think we should have definitely ran the ball more. I mean, it was mm-hmm. very windy. You were at the game; it was very windy. Yeah. I can only imagine how windy it was down there. You seen a couple of them long throws that were a little overthrown, and I just see. I just feel like Josh was being pressured so aggressively that he almost had to make that decision who was getting the ball before the ball even was snapped. But I do question that little screen pass bullshit little you know what i'm talking about when it looked like a pitch, yeah kind of threw it out that was uh that was questionable then we didn't go on fourth and short and then we went on a fourth and eight okay so now now you're getting to the points when i'm saying like i don't talk bad about my guys yeah. but when it comes to the game plan i get that the i get that the offense is is very um it's high powered it's prolific it's all these things that you w- would say if you had a great offense right but the thing is fourth and nine or fourth and eight but yeah, then, but you, like you said, you don't go for it on fourth and three? Yeah. It just didn't make sense yeah. to me. Let alone when Josh wanted to call. You've seen him call it. He's like, we're going, we're going. And they still didn't let him do it. 
Yep, and they pulled him off. Now, granted, we got the I believe I believe that was the the first drive when you know we ended up with three points out of that. Yeah, yeah. But but it, you know the thing is you know this is this is, first this is the fun part. This is when the season's back. So now the fan in me is coming back out, and I'm just like frustrated. But but when you watch when you watch the game and you break down the film, there's also a lot of good. And I know we overreact because it's week one and we lost. Um. Are you how are how are you feeling about the defense? Because I want to start off with the good I, stuff. I, was very I saw happy. a lot of good. I was very happy with the defense. I just wish we didn't have to look at Pittsburgh's defense to try to compare whether we did well, because I'm sure that's what a lot of people are doing. Like, oh, Pittsburgh played better than we did, but we did pretty damn well on defense. I don't know if it if it's fair to say that they played better than us. You know, because for instance, if I'm gonna look at it, I feel like if you're gonna say somebody was better in that game, it's a one A one B. It's not like somebody was like it's not like they were an A plus team and then we were like a C minus. Our mm-hmm. defense, absolutely. When you're looking at a team that has, you know, first of all, Najee Harris, we he was non-existent for most of the game. Mm-hmm. He had a couple plays there in the second half where he kind of broke something and, and it kind of helped his his averages. But for the most part, we kept him under wraps. And last year the run defense was a problem, like in a bad way, not a good way. Yeah. This year, it looks like we may have kind of figured that out. Um, what and are your we, thoughts we, about the we run looked game? At, we looked at that, like with Star feeling like he would be the missing piece, and we yeah. did pretty well without him even playing that game. So you can only imagine what, what much of a difference that would have made. But, I mean, other than that, like, you know, we had some pretty inconvenient, you know, you know, pass interference that were a little skeptical. Mm-hmm. And – and that, right. that that becomes a momentum game at that point. Like like I think from being from Buffalo, my perspective is we'll always be the underdog. Like we can be down by two scores and there'll be seven minutes left. I don't give a shit. Like we're we're I'm we're still in this as much as we would be if the game was tied. So like even watching the game when that block punt happened, as unfortunate as that was, I was like, okay, we we really might lose this game, but we still have a little a little bit of a potential. But I mean, being the underdog. I think I think we always capitalize on that regardless. Being the underdog and, and also one of the comments, I, like in the airport on the way home, I was talking to somebody and um, I, I'm like, the thing is, I feel like Josh is going to be pissed now, you yeah. know, and and I feel like Steph is going to be like, I saw a video on Twitter where um, it was towards the end of the game and Steph was kind of like sitting there just, you know, he was just like zoned out and then he kind of like snapped into it, got up, went and slapped everybody up. He pounded everybody up and it's like, all right, we here now, okay? Yeah. Like, okay, this happened. Let's 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 get it. Let's move forward. Fuel so to the for fire. Me, okay. Fuel to the fire. Yeah, for sure. So, and it, now is it me or did it look like? And and I'm I'm including the game plan and everything. Did you feel that the team kind of was riding a high going into it and not really? Um, because I, I don't want to say they weren't focused. I feel like our guys, they they practice hard, they play hard, and I know Coach McDermott he preaches. You know, look, we can't get distracted with all of the stuff that the media is saying. We can't get distracted with the love from the fans and blah, blah, blah. Right. But I mean, it's a fair question. Do, do you think that the guys were 100 um, percent like really tuned into what what the goal was Sunday or or was it just the fact that this week, you know, Pittsburgh got us? I would like to say so. But at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of anticipation when you get to experience Bill's Mafia and full effect for the first time. As you can see, like going out, like I've never seen Josh so hype, and all he did was come out the tunnel. It's not like he scored a touchdown yet or anything. But right. you know, like then you have so let's think about how many guys never got to experience that at all. I mean, between like maybe the couple preseason games and 
you know, them, them couple live camps that they were allowed to go to. But as far as that, like that's, that's, I feel like that'd be a lot of pressure. I mean, you're an NFL athlete. You've been around crowds all the time. I'm sure it's not as much of an effect, but I'm sure with the amount of guys who anticipated expecting that, let alone blowing that expectation, I'm sure it was probably a little overwhelming. Okay. Well, real quick before we, um, cause now I want to get into the questions that I sent you to kind of, I want to get to know you a little bit better and, and, and find out some things before we do that. I have a segment on the show that I like to call the King's tea with tea. And it's brought to us by bundled by B you heard the alliteration. Like I'm, I'm rhyming and stuff. I'm a rapper. Okay. I got my home girl. I got I my home girl. TSL. Go. I mean, you know, how I go, uh, <laughs> T was in here. She just popped out. So I might push that back a second and let's just get to the questions. And, um, so the first, the first, little bit like at the beginning when I brought you in um, I talked about the weekend or the week really it was a great week last week leading up to the home opener um, the first night that I got to kind of kick it with you was the the homecoming party uh, talk to me a little bit about you know just you know I want to just talk about it man it was fun and I feel like there's a, a good portion of Bill's Mafia that didn't get a chance to participate in all of these events and you know it's going to be good to get a few different perspectives. So uh, tell me how you felt Saturday night. I mean, Friday night first. How, how did Friday night go for you? Friday night was great. Got to meet a lot of people who, you know, you interact with on social media. You don't necessarily, you know, know them personally, but you just know them through social media and you finally get to see a familiar face that wasn't so familiar a couple weeks ago, a couple years ago. So we, we actually had that same event. I, I can tell you if it was, it was probably two years ago at Soho. And obviously through the pandemic, we didn't get to do much. So seeing those those same faces come through as well as some more Bills Mafia and just just kind of being a family together was was pretty dope. It was it was super dope. like for me. Um, and so obviously everybody knows I left Buffalo now. I moved Buffalo last March, moved from Buffalo last March. And uh, obviously also COVID kind of threw a wrench in the plans last season as far as everybody getting together. Uh, so now, you know, for me coming back, it was like, yo, this is dope, man. Like everybody, the energy was there. All the super fans were out dressed in their you know, a lot of their, you know, my man Anthony from from uh, Poncho's Army had the whole get up on. We had yeah. Monster there. We had Wonder Woman. I've never seen Wonder Woman before, but she was yeah. there and she came to the yeah, skating party. I'm too. there with you. I'm like, I didn't know we had one of those. But like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, we got a Wonder Woman now. Let's get yeah. it. So uh, it's cool. I love the I love the energy that um, this year, it seems like the fans are are more at least from tailgating, it seems like the fans were less drunk. There was a lot of drunk people, but it seems like people actually wanted to watch the game. Do you oh, have, you just sure. made a face. Do you, do you want to, I mean, do you have a different, I was at the same tailgate you were maybe, maybe we were just on different wavelengths. Well, no, I mean, it definitely was drunk people. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying, I'm saying it, it was like less before it used to be like where people were just like everybody for the most part was just like done. And like, we go into the game and everybody's just drunk and falling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody just like, Oh, well, we're going to lose this game anyway. Let's just <laughs> jump through a table on fire after we drink this bottle of Jack and we're good to go. Yeah. So I feel like the fan base came into this week and I, I guess that's where I was going to lead the question to the fan base came into this week trying to party during the week so they can enjoy the game on Sunday. And Friday night was that, man. It was, like I said, everybody came out. The guys over at um, Cold Front Report did a great job putting this thing together. Shout out to JT. Uh, shout out to, I mean, the whole team. I don't want to miss anybody, so I'm not going to start naming names. But it was a great time. And you took some pictures that night, man. When, when are those going, you know? When, so, when uh, so, those, so Dan Gambino of Code Sox, that was kind of his event. He, he has all the content, and he's going to push it out once they throw a couple uh, – labels and whatnot on there once they want to start to uh to push that out there so everything is all done i gotta 
a lot of good stuff out of that. So it was cool. I had uh, so Veronica had showed up. If you guys remember, Pancho Billa, his wife showed up there with the yeah. kids, and, and I did not expect that at all. So that was uh, a pretty awesome thing from for myself, and I'm sure a lot of people who who were really close with him through all the years. So that was probably definitely the highlight of of that whole entire event. But all that content should be coming out shortly. I can't wait to see it, man. There's a couple pictures. Uh, I'm laughing at one in particular where we were standing outside. And uh, I, you know what? I probably shouldn't say this because Kristen would get mad at me. But when we were outside in the front and we were all joking around and it was a couple pictures of Kristen that you took that. Uh, yeah, yeah. What I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can't like, wait to I'm see like, Because I remember them, but I'm like, I don't think I put those in the thing. And I'm thinking you're talking about them. Like, did you see them? Did I put them in there? Oh no! I don't know if you put them in there, but I remember I was standing there. And I'm like, no. We're gonna find out. I, I was gonna send it to you too. I might have to pull it up and see if we can put it on here now. Yeah, I'm like, send notes. I'm like, post those. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I, you know, if it, if that's in the drive, I gotta delete it. Yeah, and, and you see her. She's like, no. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was a great night, man. And one of the things, actually, this is a perfect segue. Listen, Friday night at that event, man, it was a lot of Bills Mafia meeting other Bills Mafia that that normally was just flirting online and getting, you know, I saw a lot of connections being made. So I want to introduce a product. You know what I'm saying? I I, I got a new sponsor and there's it's a company that I love. They're good people. It's called the Just In Case Bag. Now, I got them for fellas and I got them for the ladies. I'm, I'm going to throw some links out here in a minute. But but the, the one for the fellas, it has everything you need when you got that special link on the last minute. So I need y'all. To make sure y'all go check out my, my Twitter profile and look at that link. This stuff has literally everything you need. If you like me and you got braids, it got the do-rag in it. If you ain't got braids, it got the brush. It got the deodorant. It also got some stuff for you when you're going to have some fun. So, you know, it got some other things in there. The same thing for the ladies. We're going to get that going. But but now let's talk about Saturday, man. Saturday, I have fun with you. Yeah. Saturday, I have fun with you. You fell on a little scooter joint. I saw you, hey, I saw you rolling on the floor. <laughs> How'd you enjoy Saturday, man? Uh, Saturday was great. It was uh, a little bit more of a mellow, mellow time, especially recovering after Friday night's little shindig. A um, couple more people showed up that you know weren't necessarily at the event. I know there was um, someone from like the, the couple from Canada that was pretty cool. Then somebody, I guess at their, I don't remember who it was. The hotel they had the Bills, the Spider or the Slingshot. You seen it there? Yeah, but I don't. Well, um, they they weren't invited to the event or anything. If somebody who was coming to the event saw them outside the hotel, and was like, "You guys are coming with us." That's dope, man. Yeah, and, so that, and you know what? It was so many people from different places. There was a gentleman that came from California. Mm -hmm. um, the one young lady you were talking about from from Canada, she flew into Pittsburgh to drive because she couldn't go over the border. So she. Yeah, I remember her saying that when we was leaving. Dude, that's wild to me that like the the, the passion for this team. It's just, it's amazing to me, man. So, yeah. but hey, let's talk about you now. Like the events were cool. The game was cool. We're going to get back to the game a little bit and move forward to Miami. But let's talk a little bit about you. So Saturday at, at the skating event, you told me some interesting stuff. So um, you had a love for football at a young age and you, you, you pretty, you were pretty good. Uh, so tell, tell me a little bit about that. So everybody who only sees you as crew photos, let them kind of know a little bit more about yourself. Um. So... The whole reason behind me, like doing photography and videos and stuff, when I was younger, I loved to skateboard. I thought that was going to be my thing. Didn't necessarily think I was going to be the next Tony Hawk, but it was just my thing. I enjoyed it. Me and my friends, we'd always make little skateboard videos with our little cheap $100 cameras and go on Windows Movie Maker and kind of create a cool little video for our, ourselves and stuff. 
And then that kind of took off for me going into high school. Um, was at my buddy's house, skateboarding in a, on a ramp in his backyard. I ended up breaking every bone in my left leg. And I couldn't walk for two years. So when I went to play high school football, I couldn't really try out for football until my sophomore year. And um, I've been working out my whole life. So when it came time to try out for the football team, everybody's in the weight room. And there's like a single file line. And everybody's got a certain number on the bench or the, the squat rack. And everybody's doing the same thing. And it was just something that I just felt I couldn't progress with. If, if I couldn't better myself, then how can I see myself succeeding? So I decided to stop playing football, and then I wanted to play football again the following year. Uh, so, I, so I trained for it, prepared for it, and my leg wasn't allowing me to do so. So uh, when I broke my leg, I broke my ankle uh, at the bottom of my tibia. So the knuckle that actually connects to my ankle was completely separated, as well as breaking my growth plate. So my left leg is actually two inches shorter than my right. So... Every time I walk, it's it's a little more aggressive on my left side than my right. So my left my left leg swells up pretty much every single day just just from normal activity. So I kind of came to the conclusion that it'd just be such a high risk, low reward thing if I were to try to continue playing contact sports. So I ended up picking up golf and played golf in high school. Won the uh, Buffalo Public School Championship my first year, and then after that, I just started taking pictures at my buddy's semi pro game. I bought my first camera from Target on low, low for like super cheap, cheap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was into bodybuilding at the time. I was doing bodybuilding. Uh, one of my best friends did bodybuilding as well. So I was like, you know, look, I just bought this camera. Let's do some some pictures in the gym. So I started doing that. Then one of my best friends played semi-pro. And he's like, oh, come shoot a game. And I ended up falling in love with shooting football. So next thing you know, I just started investing, investing into like sport photography and Next thing you know, I'm having Jordan Poyer post one of my pictures on his Instagram, and I, that was just like a, a surreal moment of like how everything works. Like if I didn't go to my buddy's football game that day, I would not, I would not be taking pictures. So it's pretty, pretty cool how how everything happens for a reason. Yeah, that's dope, man. So it was Jordan that friend, or was it a different friend? No, nah, uh, my friend Lee Banky. Okay, the reason why I'm asking is because like so now you. I mean, you've become pretty much like the exclusive, I don't want to say the ex- exclusive bills photographer, but the players photographer. It seems like, you know, anytime the players have something going on, um, you're you're in the thick of things. So, you know, what what's that experience like? How did that get rolling to where when anything major is going on for a player, it's Joe Kroom that's doing the, the photo shoot? So my first ever outside of, of sports photo shoot was with Taiwan Jones. His first year here, coming here from Oakland. Uh, he's just one of those guys that, you know, isn't one of your star players on your team, so there's not much content going on about him. So he had hit me up, like, hey, man, I see what you're doing. Like, I don't be getting pictures. So, like, if you want to come through, take some pictures. So I ended up linking with him. And then, you know, you know, word of mouth goes on with that. Then next thing you know, I ended up – I don't know what the necessarily – oh, the second event I did was actually a meet and greet for Jordan Poyer at uh, Safe Light Auto, which was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't really know Jordan too well, just like a couple messages on Instagram and just just kind of developed a relationship through that. The next thing you know, I'm you know, taking pictures of the hides for their Christmas holiday photos. You know, I did some stuff with Cody Ford. Then 
like Saran Neal before every single game, we do a photo shoot outside somewhere. Um, it's just it's just pretty cool that that somebody from from that level of of popularity trust me to document something that that's going to last forever for them. That's that's probably like the highlight of it for me. I thought it was cool because um, so there's obviously different things that I see that you post on your Instagram for the most part. But there's um, there's been different things that have been really cool as fans for us to watch. Fans couldn't go to practice. And, you know, actually, at the time, the, the NFL didn't want the players really to get together too much. And um, you had the opportunity to, to go and shoot that. And you were out there when mm-hmm. all the, the players were, you know, at, wasn't that in Florida, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Yep. So the only reason we actually went to Florida is because that was the only state that was allowing us to do what we did. For those who had questions. <laughs> so, well, tell now, me about there's that a lot practice, of people, man. Because... A lot of people who... No, I was saying there was a lot of people who who thought, like, we were breaking the rules because we weren't supposed to be have any get-togethers of a certain number, and that's why they had went to Florida where there was no restrictions at the time. Okay, so well about that practice. One of the things that um, that I loved about it is a there was an energy about that practice that Bills fans weren't used to seeing from from the players from the team. Um, while you were down there shooting that, obviously it's cool to do the workout, it's cool to, to post everything. But just fr- from your perspective as somebody who is also still a football fan, what was it about that practice that made you say, okay, this team is about to be different? Like the fans are in for a treat this year. So my favorite part about that process was was Diggs being able to meet Josh. So I've actually worked with Diggs for two years before that actual incident. So, like, knowing how hard Diggs works and just, like, having Josh compliment that was, like, probably the most exciting thing because it's like I almost knew what was going to happen before it happened because I know how Diggs work and we all know how Josh works. So, like, seeing that unfold. And then another thing about that, too, was I was so impressed with, like, how Davis Webb, carried that whole thing because everybody just hears Davis Webb and they think he's this third string quarterback. And I, you know, like I've met Davis Webb at a, at a couple of parties, like, you know, some bill stuff. Um, and like, I just knew Davis Webb as like this third string guy who's here. And that's just where, where it became in my head. And then seeing Davis Webb pretty much be the coach of Josh Allen through this whole thing, like yelling at the guys, having the plays on paper, telling everybody what to do was just like the most mind blowing thing for me. So being able to share that with Bills fans so they understand like, you know, who who does what and and understanding how things work and knowing that he was a, a major key to that whole entire process was was probably one of my favorite things. See, that's dope. That's a good that's a good um, you know, a good sound bite there. So so Davis Webb, like obviously he's the third string or fourth like right now he's on the practice squad. But He's so much more than that. So you're oh, saying that absolutely. he he's pretty much a, another coach when every, when all this is going on. Oh, absolutely. Um, how during regular practice? Um, do you have that access as well at times? Are you? Are you I, I do not. Normal? But but I do know. So I did a, a, a an interview after after that uh, situation, just because I was kind of the guy who had you know the behind the scenes access to what was going on. So a lot of people had a lot of questions for me, and I believe Sean McDermott ended up hearing me or somebody at his one of the press conferences explained to him what I had said about how Davis Webb was very, you know, coaching and this, and he's like, yeah, he does that all the time. Like, that's that's who he is. So it was cool to have 
even if you didn't follow what I was documenting and what I was saying, Sean relay that to everybody else just so they, they understood his, his role and his, um, his, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, no, I got you. I, I, I think it's, I'm like, I think I'm like it's dope, a big word that didn't exist. <laughs> I do that every week. I'm like, you know, it's like, a um, <laughs> I do it every week, but the thing about Davis that I'm, I guess, I, I don't want to say I'm confused about because I understand his place on the team. Um, I think Dayball was talking about him not too long ago where he was saying like, you know, you have to understand what a guy wants for his career, but then also where they are as a player now. And Davis clearly isn't ready to retire to, to get into coaching, but the coaching is probably his passion. So, you know, it's just, it's just interesting to me to hear those type of stories and to hear, you know, how involved he is on so many different levels. But another thing you said, I want to kind of rewind to, because I, you know, we kind of skipped past that when you brought up Davis. So you were working with Steph before he was a, a Stefan Diggs before he was a, a member of the Buffalo bills. Yeah. Um. So, so do you get to work with a ton of guys around the league or was that kind of just like a special connection that, that you and Diggs developed? Um. So I usually, I work, at the same facility down in Florida when the guys go. So usually I'm working with like, you know, Dion goes to the same facility. I go down and work with Dion, Poyer's there and stuff like that. So there's times where Diggs will be working with Jordan and stuff like that. And it just kind of like folded over itself to where it just became one, one big little documentation of, of everybody. So I, I've been doing that for the last four years now. Okay. Well, that's, and, and so you get, you really do get to see a lot of the behind the scenes, like you mentioned, like when Josh and Steph first met and we're not met. Cause I'm sure they did the FaceTime thing and I'm sure they did the, you know, they always talked about playing call of duty and all that stuff together before. But um, what was, what was that experience like outside looking or, you know, being a fly on the wall in that situation, seeing that develop and seeing that kind of take off and then graduating to what we saw last season. So, like, when they first had met, so, like, I don't know if you've seen the video where they go and slap up hands or whatever. So, there's, like, another, like, 40 seconds to that video. So, you got to think Diggs. Diggs is, I wouldn't say, like, like, you know, personable. Like, he definitely keeps to himself. But he, you know, he has his relationships around the league. And it's, like, you know, the whole team was there. So, like, first thing he did was slap up Josh and he, Matt Barkley introduced himself next. And Dig literally, Diggs literally broke off from Barkley to go run over to Isaiah McKenzie and intercept the pass that was thrown to him just to be funny. And it was just like that was like the best icebreaker ever because you know we had a lot of young guys like uh, Nick Easley, Nate Becker was there, and you know a lot of the younger guys as well who, as soon as they had their first water break, they're just talking, talking, just trying to to just figure out what they can get from from Stefan. And it was cool. So we worked out for four days. And every single day, it wasn't just like – because they obviously had their Zoom calls because it was it was OTAs. So they had their actual organization meetings where they would, you know, go over, play call and whatever. So they when we were get to the field, they would be able to work on it. So you would think like, oh, if Josh says we're going to run this play, you just run that. Go ahead, get back in line, and we're going to run it. We're going to run a different one when you're up. But it's like Josh will throw a pass to Diggs. Josh will run down to Diggs. And he'll be like, hey, just tell me next time you do that where you want it. Like, just stuff like that. And a lot of people are just, like, wondering why that connection was so phenomenal last year. And it's because they literally, like, perfected everything. Like, even with Cole Beasley. Like, so he worked very closely because Cole was there as well. They literally were running the same five-yard play into the end zone. that he Josh probably threw, I'd say, at least 25 balls 
back to back to back to back to Cole running the same exact route, just trying to figure out how how much better he'd want the ball placed in, in certain positions instead of just running and be like, oh, we'll figure it out another time. So, like, that was cool because you think, like, even just watching people practice, you watch, you know, like teams have live streams and stuff like that. It's literally just by the books. You know, you get in line, you run your route, you catch your ball, you get back in line, next route, whatever. But it was just so much more in-depth and so dope to see. Like, for all the footage that I had, I could really do, like, a behind-the-scenes thing, but I didn't want to, like – step on anybody's toes or like overstep what I was doing. If I were to put out a video of like specifics of some of like Josh talking to Diggs in a certain way about a certain play, I feel like that might be a little like stepping of boundaries. So like, I just try to keep it a little simple, like cool for the fans. But like, if I were to really break down, I probably could have like such a sick documentary and people, a lot of people would be so much more impressed with the way a lot of these guys carry themselves. Even the people that they don't know or follow, they just know their name and just whatever. But, like, everybody serves their purpose, and that was cool to see. Like I said about Davis Webb, a lot of people just think he's there, and he's really the main guy that holds everything together. See, I would – I mean, and obviously I agree with you. You don't want to, um, you know, ruin any trust that you have with these guys in relationship. But I'm hoping that in a couple years or so, like, once – you know, once we're kind of so far removed from that date that it's like, okay, yeah, Joe, go ahead and do a yeah, thirty do a doc on that. Well, thirty yeah. thirty. Because I mean, could you imagine? Um, well, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you've thought about it. That's why we're talking about it now. But it's like, right. could you imagine after we win the Super Bowl or something, and then it's like, okay, the story of how the bit, like, yeah, you know, you can just kind of do the behind the scenes. That that'd be dope to me. But yeah, um, uh, so with that that same practice and that same, um, was it just the offense or was the defense there as well? Like uh, no defense. Uh, it was all wide receivers, all tight ends, all quarterbacks. Jake Fromm, Barkley, uh, Davis, and Josh. Dion showed up. Um, so if there's there's actually a video, I don't know if I can throw it to you real quick of Dion running a route on <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie, dude, and he got <laughs> him. That. And he got him though. I'm gonna see if he I got can. him. He got him. It was. Uh, no. he, Dion, dude, Dion can move, bro. I'm telling you, Dion is a freak athlete. That dude can play basketball. That dude, yeah, he'd be a tight end. First like, of all, for, Dion, for how big he is, he's so fast, and he dude. he don't have like you see a lot of these linemen. They have tight hips, like all saying yeah. this and this. Dion can turn them hips and go. Dude, Dion is so athletic. So Friday, not not this past Friday, the Friday prior, um, at, Dion had an event downtown buffalo and um great event everything went good we did some karaoke i might next time i, I might throw up some some little care i was singing cisco i did thong song you know <laughs> so i had a good time but i was kicking it with dion afterwards and we was talking and i'm like dude when you get close to dion and you really get to see how he's built he's not built like a normal left tackle to me and i've been around a few left tackles they're normally like real like i said they're um they're not as athletic as like you know they're they're strong they're they're big Dion, dude, and his calf muscles. Dude, it's it's crazy. Dude, like it looked like it, it, it legitimately looked like I took this and just stuffed it <laughs> in his leg. <laughs> for those listening to the podcast from I have like a water, you know, I have my little metal water container here. And it's like it, it just looked like you threw a rock in between his it, like inside of his leg. And he's like, yeah, man, I just do that, man. And, you know, he's so funny. He got he yeah. got the personality. But um, so the reason why I was asking you about the offense and defense. I want to talk about Reggie Gilliam. Last summer, I saw a clip that you posted. Actually, it was it was your clip when he was out there running some routes and he was, um, 
you know, he, he looked really impressive as somebody who nobody knew about. And I did some research on him and I, I caught it before anybody. And I'm, I'm claiming that. And Joe Miller can back me up because literally last summer, everybody was like, Reggie Gilliam, he's not making a team. Who is that dude? And I'm like, nah, I bet you. I bet you my bottom dollar that that dude is going to make the team. Talk to me about what impressed, you know, the, the other teammates and what impressed everybody there that week that you remember specifically that was like, OK, Reggie's a dude. Yeah, so that's actually funny. So I'm a big Reggie fan. So he actually, like I said, especially coming in at fullback, you know, but he was he was a tight end as well, like as far as like what what his position specifically was. But even just coming here and thinking you you were going to be, you know, Pat DeMarco was already just kind of laughable, you know. So I was just like, whatever, he's just, he's just a roster spot. Mm-hmm. So I actually got to watch So I met him at – uh, workout we did in, uh, I think it was Hamburg. Ham- no, it wasn't Hamburg High School. Where I first met him, we were at uh, thinking, thinking, thinking. The school that we worked out the whole off season. I can't think of it off my head. Someone will, back. someone will know what it is. But we worked out there the first time. It was him, Jason Kroom, uh Zach Moss, Christian Wade. Um, Davis Webb was the only quarterback who was in town at the time and just not knowing who he was or what he was doing. So he was kind of lining up a running back. He was with Zach and Christian Wade and, you know, he was just running, you know, a little couple, you know, from the backfield routes and whatnot. And then they told him to go run with the tight ends. And that was what most impressed me. So I, I always, I never talk about stats. So like, I'm there, like even in Florida, like I could tell you who sucked and who was nice and who can't catch, but I don't because that's that's not my place. But if I were to break down that workout, that was the first thing that exceeded everybody. Okay. Like, you know, obviously Christian Wade's, you know, completely coming into a whole nother sport and starting from absolutely scratch as far as the fundamentals and techniques of the game. And, And he's come a long way. So like trying to compare that to him would not necessarily be fair. But, like, having, like, Zach out there and then Jason Kroom, and I, I don't remember if it was Sweeney or or Dawson who was out there. It wasn't Sweeney because Sweeney's foot was messed up at the time. But, like, seeing how much Reggie overperformed, I was like, what? Like, this kid's actually, like, he has something to offer. And I've seen it from two different, complete different positions. So, like, when he had played, you know, in the preseason – or not the preseason, when he had, you know, made the roster and he had that first touchdown right off the bat. And it was just like, that was so deserving because, you know, I got to see how hard the kid works and I knew and I instantly saw the talent that he had and being able to just instantly give that to Buffalo for himself during that first game with that first touchdown was like, if you didn't know, now you know. Now you know. So, did you so see this year, girl at the tailgate with the with the Reggie? Oh, yeah, she, the, yeah Reggie F. And, yeah, she was at the skate party too. I yeah. FaceTime Reggie, and he's like, "Yo, I think she's got the scent, the socks with my name on or my face on it." So she had the socks. I FaceTime Reggie. He's like, "Let me see your socks." So she had the, his face on her socks too. It was so wild. I, yeah, I saw it. I saw the picture. Like, there's a picture floating around online where like you can see him looking at the socks, and you see, yeah, her, <laughs> yeah it's dope, man. I, and you know what? For the record, I, I want to appreciate you publicly, man. I, I appreciate that you're like that because a lot of times there's fans. You know, you know, Bills Mafia, man. We're we're so passionate and we're so into it. And you're the kind of guy you have those certain relationships and connections with the team, and not everybody would allow. 
um, you know, the access to their guys like that. And so I want to thank you on behalf of Bill's Mafia, man, because you don't have to be like that, man. You could just kind of keep it all for yourself and then just post what you want to post and and grow your brand. And and you do that, but at the same time, you also allow us to feel included, man. So I appreciate you for that, man. That's that's big, that's big homie stuff. It means a lot, man. It really does. Like I really yeah. appreciate that. So one more about last season's practice, because now we're on to a new season. I, I know we started off talking about the game, but I want to I want to touch it on a little bit, just a little bit more. And then I want to move forward to next week with Miami. Are you going to Miami? Yes, sir. Party up, dog. Party. Are you up. going? So, no, I, man, I can't do it. I can't why? do it two weeks. Tell me why. I, I can't do it. Well, why? I got to recover. Is I got to recover. Is it, what, what's what's stopping you? Uh, Well, first, I'm not rich like you. You know what I mean? Give I'm me another not, year. Hey, hey, hey. Come on now. Just because I have I'm one pair saying, of Jordans don't mean nothing. <laughs> well, I wore Jordans every day besides my Tim. So if that's the if that's the you know, but bro, one more question about the, the thing. No, so, I, no, season, I want to go back to why you're not going to Miami. We're we gonna get there, I promise. We can talk about Miami. But I, I, the last question about the practice. Um, again, last season is when we saw this new Josh or the grown-up Josh. That practice or that week of practices or however long you guys were down there, did you see it then? Or was it one of those things where it's like, okay, we out here in this practice, so you can't really tell, you know, like, what is it that then were you able to say, say like, yo, Josh is really going to be a problem this year. So, I mean, it's, that was so, so that was the first time I ever got to work with Josh as far as like working out. He's very, very private guy. Um, only time I've ever seen him really throw a football was either at a game or when we're shooting a West Turk commercial. Right. So, and those those balls are not regular footballs. So, but it's funny. So even like at at the the Western commercials, like it's all just you know it's fun and games. You know, he obviously the commercials are funny, but like there's like small little tidbits. He's such a competitor. Like we were literally like he literally just got done shooting, and he's like, I bet you I'll throw this football seven yards into this garbage can, <laughs> and he's just sitting there nailing it, or like trying to hit the goalpost. And it's like we're shooting a commercial. And this dude just wants to compete about something, whether it's golf or just, like I said, just throwing a football at nothing. So, you know, obviously, you you know, we knew he he had some overthrown issues as far as the long ball. So, like, watching that, that was the first pass to Diggs, which was the greatest. Right. So, like, if you see my video, it's when Diggs has the blue shirt. And it's just, it's just a straight nine. Like, Diggs literally has his hands. I have a photo of it. Diggs is just staring at the camera, and the ball is literally just perfectly in his hands about 60 yards downfield. And I'm just like, if that, if that's not a statement right there, especially the first pass to digs, like, I don't know what else to tell you, man. I'm, I'm excited about the season, even though we had a little disappointment Sunday. Uh, but now back to you ask you, cause you turned into the interviewer for a second. So back to Miami, <laughs> the thing is, so I work for, um, I work for a bank and I have a really consistent position and, the thing is, they were mad at me for taking off that week and a half to come for because I was out there for um, Dion's event. I stayed the whole time. So I was out there for Dion's event, Jordan's event. Um, Sunday, there was something else that happened Sunday. I can't remember where we were Sunday. And then Tuesday, I had an event. Wednesday, I did Hump Day Live with Joe Miller. Uh, th- so I was literally out there a week and, and a half. So I would love to go to Miami at some point. I'm thinking next season, I'll be able to really, I'm going to try to get to all the away games because I think. Um, my employment so situation will be different. Was Sunday the only game you're gonna be able to go to this year? Oh no, no, no. I'm I'm um I'm looking forward to trying to make it to the let's see. I'm going to Tennessee. Okay. And right now it, it might be up in the air as far as New Orleans. And then I'm trying to I'm actually trying to come home for another game too. And especially now hearing um 
about the restrictions and everybody complaining that they're going to sell their tickets at face value and all that, whatever. Mm. Look, I might try to come back for a couple of those too. So I'll let you, we're going to kick it. And when I do, I, I need a photo shoot dog. I'm going to have to get you early. Hey, I'm here at the studio. I, don't, I, I would show you the studio with my computer, but I feel like I'd pull some cords out the wall. if I had to move it, but I got, yeah, I, I got, got a studio here as well. Like, so like i like most of the away games, we'll, we'll have like little get togethers here for the game. So. Okay. Well, so moving on to the Miami game now. So this Sunday coming up, we have to pivot. We got this, we got this loss on our record. So we're already ha- we have a blemish when everybody in Buffalo was, you know, we're all excited and we're all it's, it's gonna happen this year. We're going undefeated. Mm-hmm. And the Buffalo Bills are going to the Super Bowl. You know, like it's the whole thing. It's not that no more. We're not undefeated. <laughs> it's over with that. So got that out the way though. Pressure's yeah, gone. we got it out the way. Pressure's gone. So what do you anticipate seeing this Sunday? Game number one. The bills that everybody wanted to see. And you know nobody's what? Worried. I, no, nobody's worried. You've seen all the post-game interviews. Nobody's worried. Yeah. I mean, and they shouldn't be. And I know we had a big overreaction to things, but I told people, As everybody always. I talked to in the airport, I'm like, look, the way I see it, um, I'm used to the season being 16 games. <laughs> and I know that now it's 17. So we had the extra one there. So we have the loss. If my bills still go 13 and three in a 16 game season, and then you throw that extra one on it. That's 13 and four. That's a great year for me. And that's actually the prediction that I have for the season. So I'm not a, like, you got to lose them at some point. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed because I do feel like we're a better team than Pittsburgh. They beat us. So as of right now, I can't say that because they beat us. But mm-hmm. I just think top to bottom, we're a better team. Miami, Josh is my, Josh is Miami's daddy, dog. Like he, he's their daddy. So I expect to see a completely different Josh Allen this week. Not that I saw a bad Josh. A lot of people were complaining, saying that he was inaccurate. He was, I didn't see that. I saw good defense. I saw a couple plays where we had some drops that is not on the quarterback. I saw a couple plays that I wouldn't have called if I was Brian Dable. And I don't know. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not on the field. So I don't know if these were, you know, Josh could have audibled out of something and he could have just, you know, did his own thing. But mm. for the most part, the game plan to me just was the only thing that I questioned when it came to that offense like that. Josh didn't look bad, man. He made some throws that uh sterling from cover one uh sterling furrow and I, we sat together and there was a couple throws we both looked at each other and was just like damn like that dude is sick mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm not upset with the offense i'm not upset with the game i do i do question um because I, I don't want to talk bad go ahead do it throw it out there man we here we live dog I'm 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 still not sold on my man, and I love Devin Singletary. So when I say this, I want I want it to be with respect, and I want everybody to know. First of all, Devin Singletary is that dude. He he obviously showed us his rookie year why we should love him. He showed us why he should be on his team. I listen to all the other content creators, and I listen to a lot of guys who are super like way smarter than me when it comes to football. And they say the scheme has changed, and they say that the offensive line hasn't played well. And Sunday, I have some question marks about you know. Mongo didn't play as good as he normally does. Um, Dion, I think, is more about him not being in the right game shape. Go, getting COVID bothers you. It matters. Mm. So I think he was a little tired, I think. But still, Devin, I, I just don't – I think the team needs somebody. We don't need a, a Ezekiel Elliott. Well, we definitely don't need him. We don't need an RB1. <laughs> yeah. We don't need an RB1 like a, a stud dude. We don't need Christian McCaffrey. But we do need somebody that I feel like can run it when they know we're going to run it. Devin, he he knocked a couple of them out late that it was like, okay, he's moving the ball. But that wasn't consistent for the game. Going forward, man, how do you think the running game is going to look? I mean, as long as Zach Moss is in the game, we're good to go. 
Zach wasn't, though. I know, and that, that explains a lot. We also didn't run the ball. We didn't. And and so I have a tough time because, like you, I don't want to say nothing bad. Mm-hmm. Devin got benched in the in the AFC Championship game. It's, it's, it's a fact. He got benched. Last year, it kind of looked like the team wasn't as um, – they didn't trust him as much as they trust Zach. Mm-hmm. That's just what it looked like outside looking in. Why – I know you're not with the team, so you can't say this officially. But in your mind, like what what how does it make sense that Zach wasn't on the field Sunday? He was a healthy scratch. How does that make sense? I mean, I would honestly say, like, if anything, maybe he just wasn't a hundred percent. Like, I mean, you could probably ask ten out of ten people, they're probably gonna say the same thing. Like, why the hell would you not play Zach? Like, no, no offense to Brita at all, but I mean, what he did he have just one carry, right? I mean, as far as I saw, I just remember I seen that that long. I think it was like a sweep. He was he was hauling ass, and he got his legs taken out, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But you know, Zach Zach runs completely different, and that's why I think him and Motor are a perfect one and two. Because because Motor kind of I I would I would consider him. He ran like kind of how like Le'Veon did when he played for Pittsburgh, just more more patient and just kind of waiting for it. But our mm-hmm. offensive line wouldn't necessarily give him that that privilege. So right. he's he's just waiting. So you get like that one or two plays that are like that, and then Zach is just he's just coming. He's just downhill. There's, I just think they they complement each other. So not having that one two punch was very very visible to see what what was wrong. Okay, so so now you know we can end it up. Like I said, we can end it up with the actual game in Miami. So what do you, what are your expectations? I mean, obviously a W. Um, but what do you think the strengths are going to be for the, the keys to victory? Like, how do you feel the team has to attack the Dolphins in order to win? I think we're going to pass a lot. And I think uh, Sanders is going to have a crazy game. I think Isaiah is going to have a crazy game. Um, Motor's going to have a crazy game because that's where he's from. So he's got to show off. Mm-hmm. Same with Gabe Davis. So it's like, I mean, Gabe's not from Miami, but. From Florida, they got they got a bunch of people going to the game, so you know they're going to try to show out. And I feel like, you know, even Feliciano, like our whole squad's like pretty much from Florida, so I think everybody's gonna, you know, what I'm saying like homecoming game. You know, you got your people up there, and I think everybody's gonna be vibing. It's gonna be be the Bills that everybody can't wait to see. So, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that, and and not just not just in the sense of like going and showing out and just blowing these guys out because that's what we're used to when the Bills go to Miami. Even when we weren't good, like even when Josh wasn't like last year's version of Josh, he's destroying Miami. Like he just Ooh. does that. So I'm looking forward to it. One of the things that I'm looking forward to seeing. Hopefully, Star is back this week. And you know, if our defensive line and our, I, I feel like we have a pass rush. I feel like we we did very well with the run defense. If our defensive line looks like that without Star in there, I'm curious to see what it's going to look like with Star. Um, what what are your thoughts on Groot? I feel like Groot showed up as a rookie, man. Like he he didn't have he didn't play as many snaps as obviously you know the seasoned guys in there. But but hey, he showed up when he was on the field. It shows you can't teach length, bro. Yeah, and that proved everything. He there's there's probably a lot of like the offensive guys you thought they had him. The next thing you know, he just sheds it off and he's making a tackle. Like I think that's huge. You got to think of of the the distance he he can close up left to right just from from leaving a block. So I I think that's that was pretty exciting. But it's like you almost expect it. Like not even putting a lot of pressure on his shoulders, but like you look at a guy like him, especially a lot of people don't understand how big he really is. Like I'm a pretty big guy. 
So like mm-hmm. I look at people like standing next to Dan, like damn, I guess I'm not that big of a guy. And then right. I saw I actually got to meet him after the preseason game, and I'm like, dude, like there's no way like this dude's in the NFL. Like, do you know like a lot about him? Was he like ever a wide receiver before he had gotten to college or anything? I don't know, but I mean, dude, he, I'm, dude, he's like, you can look at the statistics of how tall he is. So you remember Joe Johnson, Bam Bam? Mm-hmm. So he is the same height as Greg, and I hang, I hang out with Daryl all the time, and Daryl's a big dude. And then standing next to Greg, I'm like, there's no way Greg's got to be at least six inches taller. Like he, it's just insane. And like obviously, and he's, so a, when kid. He was drafted, he's a kid, dude. He's yeah. a kid. And the game when he was drafted, obviously everybody saw the picture of him and Coach McDermott. Like yeah, Coach looking up to him like, "Holy smokes, yeah, dude, it's incredible." It like he's really that big. Yeah, and and walking, it's almost like his arms are touching his kneecaps. Like his, <laughs> he's he has that much length. Dude, it's it's scary, dude. I was I was really impressed with his size, and you would expect just looking at him like this dude's gonna be great for a long time. Like Man, he, he passes the he passes the eye test ten out of ten. Oh, for sure, it's gonna be a problem. I wasn't excited when we drafted him. I'll be honest, I wasn't. Yeah. Um, and that was a hundred percent based on the fact that you know, like for the draft process, he didn't, in my opinion, he didn't um, prepare properly. His his draft grades, like those drills and all that stuff, he he graded out negatively. It was he, he didn't play his last year of college, as far as I know, right? Right. So my thing was, look, you're not playing your last year of college. You know that you had a a great freshman year. So, you know, teams are going to be looking at you prepare for this draft. And I felt like that was my take. Like he didn't prepare. He sucked at these things. I'm not happy, man. This dude came out and he was like, "Okay, Spence, shut the hell up. And I did. I shut the hell up. I'm going to eat those words. Um, my man Tremaine Atmos made people eat their words Sunday too. I'm not gonna keep going back on Tremaine. I'm gonna do that when I let you go because I I stay live an extra half hour now during the seasons just to kind of kick it with the with everybody in the comments. You're more than welcome to do so. Uh, but before I let you go out of here, man, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you, find your work, and I want to thank you for for kicking it with me on the code of conduct, man. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me, man. I don't get to do this type of stuff uh, often, so I greatly appreciate you putting me in a position to kind of give me a little exposure to more of the fan base instead of like people who are into photography. So that's, that's a big thing for me. And I greatly appreciate the, appreciate the kind words that you started off with, man. And um, if you guys want to find me on socials, it's Kroom photos, Joe Kroom on Facebook, Kroom photos on Instagram, which is where most of my content is. It's just easier to network on there. I'm getting better at Twitter though, because I just deceived that what you DM me yep, like eight, know. Month, eight months know. ago. And I just got back to you like three weeks ago. Like, damn, uh, my dude, I just saw this, man. <laughs> so like, like my DM sucks on Twitter. Like I had that guy who did that um, special on digs when he was coming to Buffalo, reach out to me and I didn't even see it. Man. So I'm like, man, I dropped the ball. So I, I'm getting better at Twitter. Twitter's crew photos as well. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm just trying to plug anybody in, but if you guys want to go show my man Lil Eddie some support on Twitter, he just got done with his, I believe it's yeah. his eighth open heart surgery. So a lot of people, I don't know if you're watching, who participated or saw that I had a golf tournament on the 29th. Um, proceeds went to Little Eddie. So if you guys want to go show him some love, kids' energy super contagious, and I want to give a shout-out to Poncho's Army because he's the one who kind of introduced the little guy to me and instantly melted my heart. So I would love everybody to go, you know, give the, give his father some kind words and just, you know, he's just he's just got out of surgery. You know, he's just kind of getting off of, you know, the drugs and whatnot. And 
just kind of, you know, eyes are open, just getting ready to start talking again and stuff. So he already said go Bills. I don't know if those were his first words, but you guys want to go and just, you know, show them your love. Like, you know, they're out in Stanford right now um, at the hospital. So you guys find him on Twitter. His dad's name's Nick. You just type in Lil Eddie. You'll find it. Every, everybody's news feeds for Lil Eddie right now. So if you just want to go and show him some love, that, that would mean a lot to me and as well as the, the Bills Mafia community. Other than that, I'd like to say I appreciate you again. Anything you need from me, I can throw you some pictures back there. Maybe get rid of that Odell joint. Uh, nah, I can't get rid of my dude. I can't do, but I feel you. Nah, so <laughs> I, feel I, actually, a- I actually went to a Giants game and and met Odell and, and Shep. That was pretty dope. And he's, Cleveland, he's just one of my favorite five players. He, for five bucks, a, you met him for five. Like when really? Cleveland, when Cleveland was trash, me and me and my boy Lee, we went up, we went down the Cleveland front row to the Giants game. Five bucks. <laughs> That's when the mannequin challenge was cool. That was back in the day, though. Oh yeah, that was a minute ago. Now the mannequin. Oh, I uh, I DM'd you that video of uh, Dion and Isaiah. Let me see real quick if it'll play because uh, like that was the thing that was messing yeah. up the, the. But I'll try it real quick. Let's see. Oh, it, can I get a full screen on this? I don't think I can get a full screen on it. Um, Instagram is so weird. I'm a, I'm gonna share it for you. I'm a, I'm gonna try to download it and get it up. I'm going to post it on Twitter so y'all can see it. And I'm going to tag my man Joe in this, man. Look, again, thank you. so, Dude, This it's been fun for me because, obviously, I've been a fan of your work. I love photography. I'm, I'm not good at any of that stuff, but I, I, I love art of all kinds. So um, I love I love the content that you do. I love your Dion. <laughs> I'm watching this right Bro, he, he cooked them, though. It's funny. Yo, he did, and he got them with the – like, he <laughs> – <laughs> he, I had to reach out for. I'm gonna I'm absolutely get this loaded up so y'all can see this again, man. That that's hilarious. So, yo, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my special guest, the king of the capture, Mr. Joe. Cru- and first of all, that's my nickname. I ain't never heard nobody else give you that. You ever heard hey. that before? Nah, man. All right. So when it get popping, that's mine. Call me Chrome. They don't even call me Chrome, so <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to let my man go, and we're going to keep kicking it here live for a half hour. If y'all got some questions, them super chats are live, and just kick it with me. You don't have to be super chats, man. I'm going to try to get to everybody. So, Joe, man, I'm going to connect with you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, We're going to talk. We're going to connect. So thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, my man, the one and only, the king of capture, Joe Kroon. Appreciate y'all. Peace, man. All right, so. My man Joe is out now. I'm going uh, to stay in here for a little bit because, you know, the show started a little late and I didn't get to kind of go through everything like I normally do. I'm not going to do my monologue, you know, but I, I do kind of want to take some time and speak to everybody. I didn't get a chance to meet everybody while I was in Buffalo, but I got a chance to meet so many people. Um, it was such a great time. Like, you know, like Joe and I started to talk about when I first got there, I, I was at the Dion event and it was karaoke. I got to I got to sing, you know, the thong song. That was fun. Who don't like the thong song? Um, just got to party up that night. The Jordan Poyer event. Let me tell y'all. The kid from Astoria documentary that that Jordan, hopefully it'll be out soon. And for those of you who don't know Jordan's story, um, he's just an incredible story. He, he's an incredible guy. He's an incredible story. Coming from where he came from. The guy is super talented, like most of the guys in the NFL are, you know, like they play two, three sports. They do all of this other stuff. Jordan was literally he could he had a pick from baseball, football, basketball. I feel like if the dude wanted to play golf, he could have been playing golf. He could have been playing hockey. He literally does everything. And on top of him doing everything, he just had a 
he just had a profound effect on the city. And and I just appreciate that because coming from Buffalo, you know, and the, the bills weren't good for a long time. So growing up in an area where you're not used to seeing like complete stud superstars and, and all this stuff, he did that for that town. And that town absolutely has a hero. And, um, and then his story about, you know, about giving up drinking alcohol and, and about trying to be there for others and saying it's okay to not be okay, or it's, a, it's okay to ask for help. Just such a powerful story. And I had a great time. I will say, and I'm going to brag about this one because I don't care. I was legit the best dressed dude there. I should have actually had, I should have said that before Joe left because nobody else wore tux on the way there. The guys, you know, everybody you buy the tickets from is like, nope, it's an after five red carpet event. Make sure you just, I got this tux, man. I was out there looking crispy. I'm doing my thing. And then I get there, Jordan pulls up. He got on a nice suit. So I'm not saying it like he ain't look good. He looked good, but he came with the, he didn't even have a tie on. And I'm like, what? Tremaine out there. Y'all saw, y'all saw my dude Tremaine. He out there, no tie on. Uh, Harry, Harrison Phillips rolls up there, had on some kicks and a polo shirt. And I'm like, yo, wait a minute. Why am I wearing this tux? But it was a great time. It was an absolute great time. Everybody that made it out to O'Neill's Wednesday night. Thank y'all so much for supporting me and Joe, um, Joe Miller, uh, from Buffalo Rumblings as well. We had a great time. We had an absolute amazing time. And, uh, shout out to my, to my guy, the market dominator, you know, uh, he was out there and everybody who, who got to meet him knows how great of a, a sponsor he is for the hump day hotline and for, and for Joe's overreaction show. Look, we had a great time all week. I had a, I had an absolutely fantastic time all week and I had a great time being able to kick it and hang with the bills mafia babes. they raised a whole lot of money. They raised a whole lot of money last week and I'm extremely proud of, of everything that they've done. I'm extremely proud of, um, there was just so much. The wing fest was dope. I wish the wings was cooked a little bit harder at wing fest Buffalo. You gotta do better for wing fest because people coming in from out of town to eat wings and they come to this wing fest and the wings aren't cooked the same way they cooked in the restaurants. Ain't no way I can like, you literally could just do it in the meat. It was, it was just too, no, I need, I need them things to be cooked a little bit longer, but that sauce, there was one place. I can't remember where it was. It was like a, a Parmesan garlic dope, just extra dope. Hit me with some questions. We still got some people in the chat here. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about, about the game from Sunday. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to do the monologue because the way it started, it has some technology issues. I was kind of razzled there. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to completely circle back around and, and start over, but listen, y'all gotta, y'all gotta stop fronting on my man, Tremaine Edmonds. Y'all do. Tremaine Edmonds showed up Sunday. Now, granted, he, he, he dropped the interception off a tip pass. Okay. It was a freak play. Like it was still a great play. You're not going to get every interception like that. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde missed an interception, I think. Trey interception got called back because of a interference or hold or whatever it was that was like a phantom call. But look, y'all got to give these guys more respect. The, the thing that I'm noticing is we're so critical about things that we probably shouldn't be critical about. Tremaine Edmonds, we're critical about things like, oh, well, he doesn't, he doesn't hit like so-and-so. He's not Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis is the only Ray Lewis I remember. There's not really there's not many people in history that you can compare to Ray Lewis's career. Um, as far as linebackers, there's not many guys in history that you can compare to to Mac. You know, there, there's certain guys that are just certain like they're studs. And yeah, if your team gets them, it's an amazing thing. But you can't put that pressure on a 23 year old kid that already made two Pro Bowls. 
Um, same thing with Josh, you know, like now, you know, he had a bad game Sunday. I don't think it was a bad game. I think if you look at the game last year against the Pittsburgh Steelers, it was a very comparable game. Josh Allen looked very, he had a better game this time. If you look at the statistics, it was a better game. The difference was last year we had a play on special teams that allowed us to win this year. They had a play on special teams that allowed them to win. So it's like, what do you, what do you really expect from Josh? What do you, do you really think that Josh is supposed to uh, just come out in every game, whether it's a great defense or not, he's supposed to drop 400 yards. It's unrealistic. Um, there's going to be games where the, the, communication just isn't the same there's going to be games where the hype the energy of the crowd does you know it, it matters and i'm not saying like these guys aren't used to playing in front of crowds because they are college they played in front of crowds some of you got some of these guys went to college down south where the crowds down south are insane you get what i'm saying like college in the south college football in the south is insane so they have the same type of crowds that you have you, you see what these you go to Notre dame games up in you know in Indiana, you see, you see how these, these certain colleges look when, so the crowd noise to me is not necessarily the major factor, but at the same time, it's the first game back with a fully sold out stadium. When last year you were playing with nobody in the stands, you know, you were playing with in the playoffs, 11,000 at the, at the first playoff game and 17,000 at the second playoff game. You can't have an expectation of the team, uh, for that to not matter. It, it matters. It absolutely does. Now, is it an excuse to lose the game? No, it's not an excuse. I think that the Bills, they they did what they were supposed to do in the first half. I think, I think the defense consistently did what they were supposed to do in the second half. But, hey, you, 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 can't, you can't win every snap. You can't do it. And, and this is not an excuse. This is not me just saying it's okay. The thing is, I feel like the team got woken up. I do. I, I think um, no, I don't think the team was arrogant in the sense of like, they just thought that they were better than everybody and that they could just come in there and steamroll guys. But I do think, you know, you're finally getting respect. You're finally getting attention that, that we as fans have been crying about for 18, 19 years. You finally get that. So now Josh, the, the entire, the entirety of his career, Josh Allen was in the league and all he heard was uh, he's not accurate. All you heard was he won't be successful. He won't be this. He won't do that. Yeah, he's raw and he has the he has the certain attributes. He has the things that will make him great. He has the physical. We heard things, but we still heard, but he's not going to be able to do it. He's not good. He's not this. So now going into the season, he's favored to win the MVP. The team is favored to win the Super Bowl or to be in the Super Bowl at the very least. We haven't gotten that respect. And and shout out to Bruce Nolan. He's been on this like uh negativity debunking campaign where he uh basically is showing like look i don't know why bills fans still feel like we're disrespected we're not the national attention the national media loves us thank you bruce for doing that thank you another thing i want to i want to say thank you to bruce about is yo stefan diggs needs to get paid and bruce has recently has made sure to to put out there let's start this narrative that we got to pay our guys and and I don't I don't I know the team is doing what this is not the team of old where we're basically putting these bad contract situations and we have all these, you know, just players who really aren't that good or it's towards the end of their career. And we give them big money to come because they, we know under normal circumstances, nobody would come. That's not that. Steph is here. Stefan Diggs loves Buffalo. He loves Josh Allen. He loves the fan base. He wants to be here. Take care of him. We didn't overpay him. We got him on a good contract. It was decent size but look 
he was the best receiver in the league last year. Not by far, but he was the best receiver in the league. You pay the man. He's still going to do the same thing this year. He might not, he might not lead the league in yards or, or receptions, but I promise you he's going to be top five in that category. I promise you Stephon Diggs is going to be amazing. So why are, why are we um, not worrying about an extension for this guy? We, we should absolutely pay him like a top five receiver that he is. We should absolutely treat him like the top five receiver that he is. It's just, it's just where we're at. We're at. It's not the same as before. It's weird. We're cutting draft picks now. <laughs> you know, there was a time where it's like, okay, well, we're not cutting. Dra- we know who's these guys are making the team because the team wants to develop them and team wants to do that. We're cutting fifth round draft picks. We're cutting, cutting guys that you wouldn't necessarily think would be cut because we have so much talent top to bottom. And when you have that, you have to maintain that. That's how, that's what the good teams do. The good teams keep their quarterback under. So when, when the Patriots had their dynasty run, nobody ever thought Tom Brady was going to leave. You know, the defense, maybe not so much on offense, but the defense, they kept those guys that were good. They kept those guys that were supposed to be there to make it a dynasty. They kept Grunt. They they made sure Tom Brady's number one option on offense was still there. They didn't let that guy go. For what? We need to do that for Josh. We got that receiver. You keep Diggs there as long as Josh is there. Their contracts should mirror each other. Now, we don't have the tight end. God bless Dawson. He made a couple good plays, and, uh, you know, I I want him to prove everybody wrong, including me. I want him to prove everybody wrong. But as of right now, we don't have our franchise tight end. As of right now, we don't have our um, franchise running back. We don't don't have that. So the thing is, I'm not sitting here pounding the table to give Devin Singletary an extension. No, because we don't have that. Now, if Devin shows up this year and he does some things, you ain't gonna hear nothing from me. There's a lot of people that feel like running back shouldn't get extensions anyway. But I, I, I'm the guy, regardless of what position, if you have something special, you have something beautiful that's happening, you got somebody that's young enough that can last and withstand the, the pounding of the NFL, you match those contracts up. Stephon Diggs is not going anywhere. You match those contracts up. My man Richard Rush wants to know if the the hold call on Trey was as crappy in the stands as it was on TV. Um, he didn't see a hold. I'm going to tell you, man, I, I know every game fans just boo when, when refs do things. That one, listen, that was a that was a horrible call, and, and I didn't even get the chance. You know how the NFL, normally the officials, goes on Twitter or they go on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and they say, this play from this game was this, that, and the third, and they explain whether it was good or not. I, I don't know how they can explain that one unless they just come right out and say, yeah, we missed it. <laughs> we missed that one. Now, I will say the, the pass interference call on Levi Wallace that everybody was so upset about. I was sitting next to a guy. That was just like, I don't know, man. That's not pass interference. They're just trying to get us. Levi did not turn around for the ball and literally ran through. <laughs> like, he ran through the dude. I don't understand. You know, we got to be more honest as fans. We, we got we to gotta, <laughs> we gotta be more honest. Levi had a rough game. He had a really rough game. And last season, I was, I was critical of him as a content creator. I'm, I'm like, look, you can't have Trey White on this side doing what he's doing. And then you look on this side, and Levi's getting just broken down there was a specific play um that he wasn't even he wasn't even thrown at but the guy broke him down so bad that it's just 
I'm concerned about our secondary and not because of Poyer, not because of Hyde and not because of Trey. I'm concerned because if you can have three studs back there, you can have linebackers back there that can provide support as well. And you can have everything. But if you have a weakness, teams are going to go after that. And when you're playing against guys like, don't forget, we, we do. We're going up against Tom Brady this year. We're going up against Patrick Mahomes again. We're going up against teams right now that have some guys. This year, it's not going to be a cakewalk for the Bills to make it back to where we were. This is not, listen, I hope and pray that Levi, proves, Levi Wallace proves me wrong. I'm praying. I have a signed helmet from him. I have a jersey. I love Levi. So this is not being overly critical. I'm not saying that he's bad. He has some rough film Sunday. And I think he would be the first to tell you, if, if I think I know the character of Levi, like I think I do based on, you know, what I've seen of him, I don't know him personally. But if I think I, I can speak to his character that way, I think he'll be the first to be honest and say, no, I got beat on certain plays. And I got to, he didn't put out good film. And I know I was happy that it came back with the contract that he came back for. I was happy that, um, you know, I'm happy for the continuity. When you have the same guys in the same system at the same, the communication is better. Um, the, typically, everything is better. When you have that continuity, it wasn't better. It wasn't better. It was better for 75% of the secondary. But that 25%, that, that spot over there, we got we to do better. We got to do better. And, and to my point earlier about, about Devin and the run game, so now I'll switch it up to the offense. Look, Devin had those three runs or two runs back-to-back that he kind of broke some yards and, and his, his, um, his average went up, and he looked good for that. But there was a specific moment in the game where I looked at Sterling, and I'm like, dude, 1.8 yards a carry on eight yards a carry won't cut it. It just won't cut it from your starting running back. It just doesn't cut it. And, and as much as I, I want, again, I want these guys to prove me wrong. I want these guys to prove me wrong, but you, you can't tell me that that 1.8 yards a carry. Frank Gore averaged 5.6 yards a carry on this last year. Frank Gore. And you mean to tell me a guy in his third year in Devin Singletary was averaging one point? No, we got, we got to do better there. We got to do better. And then Dayball. I understand you're looked at as one of the um, most brilliant offensive minds. He is. He's viewed that way across the league. A lot of people view him that way. A lot of people do. But the thing is, if you're going to if, if you're going to ride that wave and you're going to be so proud of the fact that you're creative, you have to perform with it. You have to perform with it. And one of the things that happened Sunday. It didn't look like that. It didn't look on a, on a fourth and one or whatever the play was. And we had a little pitch that it looked like it was going to be whatever. And then he pitched it to the side and then we got lo- dropped in the backfield. Dude, stuff like that. You can't, you can't sit there and you, you can't experiment in those situations. You can't. My homie Triggs wants to know, do you think the Bills are going to regret not taking Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round instead of Boogie? I don't. I think um, I think Levi Wallace is going to put in work. Last year, 
he put in work. When he when he didn't have a good game, he came back angry. He came back determined. And a lot of a lot of what we see from this Bills team is that when when they take an L in in, a, in in an area in a way, they come back with vengeance. Last year, I, I think my favorite play of the year was the Hale Murray pass. Yeah, that was against us. Yeah, we lost that game on that play. But coming out of that, the team looked like a completely different team. You know, they decided we're not losing again. And and they tried to keep that energy all the way through to the Super Bowl. But unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, we we had some injuries and we ran into, uh, at the time, the defending Super Bowl champions. And, and it just didn't work out. But from what I've seen, our guys come back and show up in a whole different way when there's a disappointment. Our guys look completely different when there's a disappointment. So what I'm looking for from Eli, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Eli. What I'm looking, I see Eli in the comments. That's why I said Eli. Um, But what I'm looking for from Levi is, Levi is going to come up tomorrow. He's going to show, or Sunday, he's going to show something. He's going to put the clamps down. He's not a, he's not a lockdown corner. So I'm not saying clamps in that sense, but he's going to, he's going to show, he's going to be different. I'm positive about this team. I think that this team overall top to bottom is the best team that we've had. I think it's the best team that we're going to have. Now we can improve, but contracts and salaries are going up. So I don't think unless Brandon Bean just knows, and he is, he's super smart. He drafts, right? He he finds these guys via trade and waiver wire that will outproduce their, their contract. So if the production is just, you know, like, like Joe was saying earlier, man, you get a guy like Reggie Gilliam to outperform um, the expectation. And it's, it's something wild. So as far as Levi Wallace, I do think it's going to be, I think he's going to turn it around Sunday. I think fans are going to get high on him again. I think we're going to be happy with him again. We're going to be happy that he signed the contract that he signed. And I think, um, you know, the confidence that he had to sign that contract, he said he wanted to come back. There was nowhere else that he wanted to be because we're going to win a Super Bowl. That's what Levi said. I don't have the contract or the, the, why am I talking crazy today? I don't have the interview pulled up because I wasn't expecting to talk about this, but Levi specifically made it clear that the reason why he signed the contract that he signed and the reason why he wanted to come back is because he really believes that the Buffalo Bills are going to win a Super Bowl this year. And I know teams say that every year. Oh, no, this is our year to win a Super There's a confidence in that locker room that they really believe that they're built for it this year. And it's different. And damn it, if they believe it, I believe it too. Damn it, if they feel it, I feel it too. So that's my time. <laughs> I'm going to get on out of here. I, I uh, feel like I'm wearing my welcome out tonight. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I still haven't had a good night of sleep since since I got to Buffalo. Uh, so now that I'm back from Buffalo, I'm going to try to to unplug from this now. I'm going to load this up as a pod. Listen, everybody, I love y'all. Y'all already know that. And y'all know how I do it here with Dakota Conduct at the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I love y'all. Y'all love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative, go build.